This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. Hello there. Good morning. How are you? How's the crack? It's uh, Kevin Riley here and welcome to Irish Time here on the Mono 2 People's Radio in wonderful Palmerston North. But it's not so wonderful today. The weather is quite fickle. It's kind of cold wind and pretty dull and grey. But uh, it's worse in other parts of the country, I suppose. But anyway, we'll start with a, a, few, a couple of little articles I picked up here when I was looking through the internet. And this is the royal, the royal, the curious case of the Irish crown jewels. I thought I found this of personally of interest. The theft of the Irish crown jewels from Dublin Castle in 1907. Oh, here we go here. Uh, was uh, you know a large sort of inve- uh, not investment, but a large theft at the time. Some 394 precious stones were taken from the English crown jewels to create the set. You know some of the, the jewels in the crown of this one in Ireland. The jewels of the most illustrious order of St. Patrick consisted of a star and badge regalia set with Brazilian diamonds, emeralds and a ruby originally sourced from uh, William IV's mother, Queen Charlotte. While normally housed in a a bank vault, the decision was made in 1903 to store them in a safe place in the uh, the castle's Bedford Tower. This is Dublin Castle. Unfortunately, the safe was uh, too large to make it through the... Through the strong room doorway, and officials opt to have placed it in the, the, the castle library instead. Judy then fell on the Ulster King of Arms, Sir Arthur Vickers, to look after the keys. By all accounts, he wasn't the best at it. Sir Arthur enjoyed showing off the jewels and regularly misplaced the keys. It didn't help that the library also doubled as his waiting room, with visitors constantly passing through the area. On one occasion, when Sir Arthur was inebriated at a party, Lord Haddo, I think that is, uh, allegedly took his keys, stole the jewels and returned them by, co- by post, all in the name of fun. In the weeks prior to the theft, several security breaches have been reported and ignored, including misplaced keys and open doors. At one stage, Sir Arthur himself was locked out of the Bedford Tower. On the afternoon of Saturday the 6th of July, an office messenger entered the safe to lodge a recently repaired golden collar, magnificent-looking uh, collar. It was then that, that officials realised that jewels were not to be found. So Sir Arthur's personal treasures were also missing, along with the collars of five knight members of the order. They, their combined value is estimated to be uh, £300,000 today. Uh, detectives were stumped as there was no sign of a forced entry, suggesting that the mystery culprit had their own key. Uh, curiously, a ribbon and a clasp had been left behind, a task that involved undoing two small c- screws, which Sir Arthur estimated would have taken nearly ten minutes. Whoever had stolen the, the jewels, they were in no great hurry. King Edward uh, VII was understandably less than impressed. He had been ex- uh, expected to don the jewels during an event at the Irish International Exhibition and subsequently had to cancel the ceremony. His uh, visit still went ahead, although it was far from friendlier, from friendly. 
A member of the royal household later recalled that he had never seen King Edward so angry. His rage was something terrible and fearful. I'm sure that the officials he lectured never forgot his words. The king's personal feelings aside, the host was something of a huge political embarrassment as the castle was the British administration's uh, head office, and the loss of jewels was seen as a symbolic um, of the you know a symbolic loss to the country and to the the king. King Edward uh, VII was understandably less than impressed. He had been expected to don the, the, the fields, like I said, and uh, <clears throat> he didn't. They were gone. With little evidence, Dublin police were getting nowhere, and Scotland Yard were uh, stepped in trying to find them. Uh, Constable, uh, Chief Constable, rather John Keane, arrived on the twelfth of July. High appropriate to assist. He believed the theft to be an inside job, and his report, which was never, never released, is said to have directly uh, named the culprit. Some have speculated this information was then suppressed by the Royal Irish Constabulary. The ongoing investigation took on many twists and turns. Psychics offered their services, with one claiming that the jewels were hidden in a graveyard. However, subsequent digs proved that to be fruitless. Sherlock Holmes, Arthur, Arthur Colin Doyle, not Colin Doyle, uh, Dustin Cumberland of Sir Arthur, was even offered his assistance with the investigation. It is be- believed the event went on to inspire his book, The Adventures of the, uh, the Bruce Partington Plans. Then there was the theory that the jewels were stolen by political activists and that they might have been smuggled to the United States of America. In the House of Commons in August 1917, uh, 1907, Pat O'Brien MP blasted loyal and patriotic unionist criminals for the crime. Others thought they were stolen as part of an elaborate plot to embarrass the, the Liberal government, with the jewels later secretly returned to the royal family. One of the most scandalous accusations involved the London Mail, uh, probably the Daily Mail. In uh, 1912, the newspaper-led Vickers allowed his mistress to obtain a copy of the safe case and that she had subsequently fled to to Paris with the stolen jewels. Interesting. So Arthur later went on to successfully sue for libel and was awarded £5,000 in damages, which was a considerable sum of money in those days. Uh, maintaining his innocence throughout, Sir Arthur uh, refused to step down as the investigation continued because they were still suspicious of him. He was eventually dismissed by the king and became something of a recluse in his later years before being murdered by the IRA. His last will uh, once again accused the real culprit Shackleton and criticised the Irish government and King Edward for making him a scapegoat. Researchers agree that it is likely that uh, that could be that Shackleton worked in com- in complicity with his lover, Captain oh, Captain Roger uh, Richard Gorge George Gorge. Sorry, after they uh, piled Sir Arthur with enough whiskey to make him pass out. Other speculations: Scott uh, was uh, uh, being blackmailed. The real culprit threatened to disclose his homosexuality was was outlawed at the time. While never convicted of the theft, Shackleton was eventually in prison in 1914 for handling a stolen cheque. It was a huge scandal and embarrassing at the time. In recent years, an unearthed executive council of the Irish Free State memo from 1927 stated that Ireland's leader, W.T. Cosgrove, understood that the castle jewels are for sale and they were and that it could be got for two to three thousand pounds. Mm. Uh, part of me hopes that they do exist, uh, but thinking with my head, they are probably broken down or broken up. And that's how thieves worked in those days, and some of the jewellery is still out and about, in the, possibly still in Ireland somewhere. Interesting little story, eh? 
So what else have we got here? This is wintertime starting over there in uh, Ireland in particular. One million in Northern Ireland offered the flu and COVID vaccines. The public health agency programme will be rolled out from this month until early, uh, early December. Most vaccines will be provided by GPs and community pharmacies, but health trusts and schools will also be offering vaccinations. Each group has their own arrangements for inviting eligible groups and booking vaccine times. Because it is, they got really hit badly by the COVID, and it hasn't gone away. It's still around. Same as this country, you know, COVID is still around. It hasn't been conquered, as they say. Many people will be familiar with how they received the flu vaccine in the past, and uh, the health authorities that in most cases, COVID nineteen all on booster will be offered through the same uh, process. Parents of uh, children in primary school from uh, one year to, to 12 should look at the, con- uh, the consent forms coming home in school bags from the health people you know, at the school, public health authority. Each trust will have uh, specific arrangements for clinics that are only for uh, online housing, uh, housing uh, health workers and a small number of other eligible groups such as those under the age of 18 and pregnant women. Uh, the Public Health Authority uh, said a small number of vaccines planned by some of the press had been temporarily delayed, but that had since been resolved. Eligible groups for the, the flu vaccine in 20, uh, 2022 and 23 are those aged 50 and over, those aged six months to two years, uh, pregnant women, all preschool children aged two uh, are over, uh, are over. Uh, it's also eligible. All primary and secondary. Those in long-term residential care homes, carers, household contact uh, people, and caregivers again. Frontline health and social care workers. Eligible groups for the 19, uh, COVID-19 are adult, again, all adults over 50. Those aged uh, 5 to 49, pregnant women, etc., etc. So it's, um, they're really got to, they're on you there, and it's actually on its way. Uh, because they're expecting, you know, they've had such, you know, heat waves, and now they're going to look for, not looking forward to, it, but they expect uh, the opposite to happen. I was wondering that it could be pretty bad. Things are pretty bad anyway in the UK with uh, the present, you know, with the Labour, the Labour, the Conservative government, and the chaos that they've been causing in the financial markets, and I mean the word chaos, and it's far from over yet. I don't think this Prime Minister. Trust. I don't think she's going to be. She's got two years. I think she'll be gone by then. You know, even though the Conservatives wouldn't like to do that because it'll be the fifth Prime Minister in six years. I don't, I don't think they'll be really uh, all that keen. Sounds a bit more like Italy, doesn't it? You know, they change governments pretty regularly. Anyway, this is a cost of living. Heating oil customers to get a hundred pound payment. That's about two hundred odd dollars in our money. Housing heating customers in Northern Ireland are to get a one-off payment of a hundred pound to help with their rising energy costs. Uh, this will be in addition to a cap on the unit price of electricity announced by the government during Wednesday. Uh, people who use gas to heat their homes will also benefit from a cap on the unit price of fuel. It's pretty expensive, like I said in previous programmes, because when I go back, my f- my family in Belfast and outside Belfast are all uh, you know central heating, all oil, and it's kind of expensive. I mean, gone from like, something like my brother told me it was about two hundred plus pounds, and it's gone up to about eight hundred plus pounds. I mean, it was kind of Huge by any stretch of the imagination. And this is a modest house, by the way. Uh, the, the modest support for all users, all users reflects the fact that gas prices have risen more than sharp, more sharply than at any t- other time in a number of years. The underpile will be delivered as a top-up to the £400 energy bill support payment, which is going to all, uh, all household labour, for, uh, all UK households. 
It's just that it, I mean, they're in big trouble. Make no mistake about that. It's quite a really serious issue. And winter has yet to hit. In a statement, the government said the government will uh, provide an additional payment of 100 um, access the, over there on top of the 400, as this is going to be a necessary sort of move. That this might because you know might feel that we're in panic stations. We are not. It is under control. But you know, in some of these situations, things are be are beyond our control. The cost of the oil coming in, etc., etc. The Northern Ireland Consumer Council said heating uh, uh, oil currently costs more than five hundred and twenty for five hundred liters, compared with about two twenty at the same time last year. Like I said, my brother, whoa, different. Uh, Peter McLaughlin uh, from the council said. The comment from the Prime Minister that support will be provided to Northern Ireland uh, consumers, whether they're using oil or natural gas, is welcome. The Consumer Council is keen to see more progress in the development of support for consumers who primarily use um, home heating to heat their homes, obviously. There should be there should be support over and above the additional payment, and uh, we will be looking at the matter as time progresses. It is, you know, we have to keep an eye on the situation as it fluctuates from day-to-day and week-to-week. Some in the economy uh, minister, Gordon Lance, said he did not believe the offer of £100 would cut in any way, and it would be, would be cut in any shape or form and revealed that he had been made aware of the plan prior to the, the announcement. He didn't think it was going to make too much difference. But, you know, the big difference between one and zero. I mean, the process of continuing to raise uh, this with various government ministers to make sure that they realise that this is not going to go uh, far enough for people in Northern Ireland. Well, good on them. Mr. Lyons welcomed price caps but acknowledged that price rises due to, uh, during the 1st of October would go ahead and consumers would not see any benefit until November. It's not going to take it away from, uh, it's not going to take away all the pain that people are going to be facing, but it does stop them from, for things from getting worse, hopefully. Uh, SDLP leader Colm Eastwood described the government plan for the £100 as an insult. They had no idea what people, real people are going through. The SDLP are proposing a thousand litres of oil for households. Only radical action will protect families this winter. He's got a point there. The, uh, the broader scheme uh, means energy supplies in Northern Ireland will reduce bills by up to 17 kilowatts. Uh, when the cap was announced for the rest of the UK, the government said it was expected to, sa- uh, to save the typical householder £1,000 a year based on current energy prices. That's about $2,000 normally. Northern Ireland uh, businesses are also promised an energy cap similar to the, that which has taken place in the rest of the UK. Wholesale energy prices for business will be capped at less than half. So as you can imagine, or what you've heard, things are far from uh, over over there by the, the, you know, the, the energy crisis. And it really is grim. <clears throat> and we are getting, parts of it are over here doing the same and now we get on. This is uh, what else we've got here. This is this, this, uh, this is from the Belfast Telegraph. Uh, Councillors in the Belfast are questioning whether there's uh, whether there is a delay in the progress on the development of north and south. Uh, you know the, the glider buses on the routes in, in uh, sorry in the east and south Belfast. The Department for Infrastructure said work on the public consultation report is now at a final draft, while the business case is well advanced. The public position by the department is the same as three months ago, except previously it said work on the consultation uh, process was uh, advanced towards final draft stage. Don't things take time? 
While there is a little argument over the route through the south of the city, up the Armour Road, Springfield Road, etc., etc., if you know Belfast at all, there is likely to be controversy around the, the Northern Line. An extension of the current uh, glider is also on the table, up Dublin Road, University, via the, up to the, the Lisburn Road, and the glider to Queen's University in Belfast and the Belfast City Hospital. Infrastructure Minister Jack O'Dowd, uh, John O'Dowd will also have uh, made the decision whether to run the North Route via the Antrim Road or on another route so along the shore road, or along the, the, the shore as in law, uh, the Belfast Lock. Residents across the proposed uh, routes are keen to see work progress on this uh, project because the ladder has been extra- exceptionally popular in Belfast. It is fast and efficient and it works. And it's... Uh, Hopefully they're trying to expand the system. And like I said uh, previously, I think uh, the, the Dublin City Corporation or whatever are looking at sort of doing something similar because it does work. You know, it's uh, a very efficient way of getting people from A to B. It's like a tram system, if you can imagine it. And it's, it's the stuff they've had in Western Europe for quite a long time before it's actually got to the UK. And this is something uh, which I find interesting because I used to be involved in housing myself uh, a few years ago. You know, sort of people having you know homelessness and uh, issues with uh, landlords. Homeless charity uh, Peter McVeary Trust has said they are, they are welcome a strong a strong welcome to the government's plan to tax the owners of empty houses. <clears throat> in today's budget, uh, Minister Donaghy said he will introduce a new tax on the owners of houses that are lying empty and vacant and basically unused. Uh, the trust said the measure would increase the availability of housing across the country and is not just a means of raising revenue, it's to help the, the, the serious housing issues that Ireland faces at present. Pat Doyle, the CEO of Peter McVeary Trust, said in March 2017, uh, the trust first proposed a vacant house tax. At, the, at that stage, 63% of the public supported such a measure. Now it is larger. Since then, the awareness and understanding of the potential of vacant homes to tackle uh, um, the housing crisis has improved and deepened. But it just kind of makes sense in a way. We have been consistent in our engagement with the government since 2017 that we believe that the introduction of a vacant homes tax has the potential to increase the availability of all in all forms of housing. We believe that the tax represents one of the final measures needed to release the full potential of vacant homes, taken in conjunction with the wider array of funding schemes that have been in place and that are still available to reuse vacant homes, you believe that this is the way forward. And I've got some sympathy for that, actually, because, you know, around where I live, which is on the, basically on the corner of uh, Botanical Road and Church Street, there are one, there's about four vacant houses there, and possibly five, and they've been vacant for some time. And, uh, you know, and they're, you know, family homes. They're not sort of units or anything like that. There. They're probably three or four bedroom homes. And they've just been lying there all this time. And yet we have, you know, people looking for homes, searching for uh, accommodation. And these houses that are, uh, you know, just lying there vacant, unused. And they have done for, probably, like I said, a number of years. I just so I think if some way they could, maybe the council could tax the owners, uh, you know, by upping their rates or something to get them to actually uh, look at either putting them on the market uh, else just getting tenants in, etc., etc. You know, it sounds simple, and it's a bit more than just that, but it is, uh, I just think it's a crime that these houses are just lying around vacant. And uh, when we have so many people, you know, families in particular, looking for, you know, affordable accommodation. Anyway, on that little note, we'll get back on that something here. This is the budget. We had the budget there over in uh, Dublin. 
Uh, there's a budget within a budget, as I say here, but it's uh, it's quite quite extensive. Economic forecast. The minister for financial for finance, Pascal uh, Donahue, said uh, headline inflation will be about five uh, percent this year and just over seven percent uh, by 2023. Uh, that's that's kind of dear. That's expensive. I know that's what to happen with uh, you know the state of Britain's in at the moment. They're talking about uh, inflation could actually hit up you know eleven to thirteen percent in some places. I uh, some papers that I read, which would be absolutely devastating for the, the the economy and for the people that are going to have to pay for it all. The unemployment rate is also expected to remain at low levels. Um, the minister said, despite the headwinds and the recovery in tax receipts. Um, it's going to be up by over ten billion dollars, euros rather by twenty twenty one, including income tax cheat. The general surplus will be a billion. Uh, he said public debt would stabilise at two hundred and twenty five billion if the trajectory continues, or four hundred forty four thousand per capita. However, the debt, uh, the gross domestic product ratio is now predicted to decline. Uh, next year, so it's going. It's all going to be really extremely interesting. Uh, what else? Mr. McGrath said the budget was being delivered against an extraordinary backdrop of challenges, which is true because the world is in a, a bloody mess, really. And most of you know the the world that we operate in, you know, the sort of Western democracies is what I'm talking about here. <clears throat> uh, excise re- excise reduction on petrol, uh, twenty one uh, twenty one cents. Uh, are marked gut and oil, uh, and the, the, the VAT rate on electricity and gas have been extended until the end of February. This will cost 163 million. So they're cutting back and not cutting back, but they're sort of giving money to uh, the people that need it. The temporary business uh, support scheme will, will pay up to a hundred at uh, ten thousand euros a month to businesses to cover the the forty percent increase in their bills. So something better than nothing. There will be a Ukraine crisis enterprise scheme worth 200 million euros for exporters and manufacturers. I've got no idea what that is, Ukraine crisis enterprise. Every household will get 600 euros in electricity credits in, the, in three months, in the three payments uh, of 200 euros. The first before Christmas and another two in the new year. Uh, the Christmas bonus will also be paid in uh, early December. 500 euros for those working family payments in November, costing 23 million uh, euros. Double child benefit. We used to have something I'd call the child benefit. You remember that? The National Party many years ago abolished it. And it was sometimes it was the only money that women, you know, uh, you know mothers, women had uh, access to that was actually theirs before their husbands or partners could get their hands on it. Uh, but it was knocked in the head, unfortunately. And it was a, it was a good system. Uh, double monthly payment of uh, maintenance grants for housing, a thousand uh, euros increase for postgraduate student grants. You know, giving students a bit more. Public transport reduction fares uh, to the end of 2023, 100 million for schools to help with energy costs. Like I said earlier, the energy situation over in Europe is absolutely catastrophic. It's not just a, a bit tough for a bit of this, it is absolutely catastrophic. We have no idea. We just see a bit of it here on the, the BBC News or Al Jazeera. And, of course, you know, the local news, TV, TV One, I think, which is, uh, I just see it as a, a light entertainment programme. You know, the news is very limited, to say the least. It's most, more, more to do with sport as opposed to actual news. You know, if you want to listen to what's happening in the world or in the country, you get the Morning Report or Checkpoint if you want to find out what's going on. 
Right, we'll get back here to uh, Mary Jo MacDonald. The Sinn Féin leader has claimed that the rental tax credit uh, could fuel a further rent hike. During uh, question time in the House, Mary Lou MacDonald accused the Prime Minister of leaving the door wide open for rent hikes, more exploitation and more hardship. Uh, Prime Minister, you have messed this up and the renters of Ireland deserve more than this half-baked measure, so I want you to correct it. MacDonald called on the government to give renters a real break by putting a month's rent back into their pockets through a refunded tax uh, credit scheme and provide certainty and protection for, uh, by banning rent increases for three years. That's not a bad idea, but it's kind of, you know, it's like talking about the devil here, etc. They'd call it communism and socialism, but they're putting a ban on, they're trying to put a ban on rental increases, which is, I think it's, something's got to give. However, the Prime Minister noted that there's a 2% limit on the, the, the pressure zones as we speak. A new tax credit for renters won one of the measures introduced in the, yesterday's $11 billion budget. It's worth 500 uh, per calendar year and will apply for... Uh, to 2022 and can be claimed until 2025 but at the end of the day you know it's and then it's, it's nothing at the end you know they give them some money back but it, you know it's a pittance you know just an absolute pittance around 400,000 people were eligible for the tax credit which will cost uh, the exchequer 200 million euros finance minister again Mr. Uh, Pascal P- Doho uh, Donoghue claimed yeah, that's it. Claimed yesterday that landlords must be registered with the Residential Tenancies Act in order for tenants to avail themselves of the tax credit. So another fish hook. Landlords are required by law to register tenancies this way. Always you know, the way it's been done, like it does here in New Zealand. You know, landlords are supposed to register with the tenancy services. The Simphiata, it won't make a dent for, won't make a slightest bit of difference for people paying average rents of over 2,000 euros. It's about 4,500 euros a month in Dublin although it's paying nearly um, just by around about 3,000 across other parts of the, the country. McDonald also claimed that the Prime Minister previously said that a rental tax credit would be inflationary and would add to rent uh, rent increases. She added that because the rental tax credit is non-refundable, it has left out students and low-income workers. He also pointed, uh, the, the Prime Minister, he also pointed very strong support for students uh, that were enacted in yesterday's budget which includes a once-off 1,000 uh, support package in support in uh, student contribution for eligible students all these words like eligible you know there's, there's no kind of thing as you know everyone is entitled to it's all kind of individual there's no kind of collective any longer anyway that is uh, me for this week and i'll be back again next week and don't forget get in touch with uh, the people here at uh, man two people's radio and I uh, promise enough if you like to if you like to come on and talk about uh, anything Irish I'm more than happy to sort of uh, have you on on board if you wish and also before I go make sure you vote in the local body elections because it's uh, we live in dangerous times really you know where things think oh that'll never happen here but you know if you don't you don't vote you get the, the government like you get the government but you get the council you deserve and people you know moan and bitch about this, that, and the other, and just ask them, did you vote? And the answer is usually no. And I thought, well, say la vie, baby, say la vie, you, you deserve what you get. Anyway, on that rather sad note, I will love you and leave you, and I'll see you next week, okay? And don't forget, take care, and let's hope the weather improves, because the school holidays are coming up next week, and you deserve that, okay? Catch you later. Take care. If you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. 
Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.